This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Uh, this is going to be the uh, the Mento Mori segment episode one. The topic of which is going to be um to put it as briefly as I can in present day society and culture. Oh, men tend to look upon uh, the spiritual life as effeminate. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Before I get started on the topic, I want to give a bow of recognition to our blessed Lord and his even more blessed mother. They have blessed me abundantly. And... I am able <sighs> the best way I can do to say this is um when I f- when I follow their will and their inspiration great things always happen but I wanted to give recognition to our Lord and his blessed mother because um, the traditional Catholic saints have always taught that even, even if it's an accident, you know, where you say, oh, I did this or I did that or blah, 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 blah without acknowledging our Lord and his blessed mother is theft and they don't like it. Now, just a quick disclaimer, I'm not claiming to be perfect. Um, As I've said multiple times on both of my podcast platforms, I am um, guilty of or have been guilty of everything that I talk about in these episodes. Uh, but I'm ask I'm praying for improvement on everything. So anyway, let's get into the topic of today. Now, for those of you who are new, maybe new listeners, um, I used to be a Vatican II sect member. Uh, For those of you unfamiliar with my verbiage, what you would consider the Catholic Church a present day, I call the Vatican II sect. Because the Catholic Church, you know, when when you see um, Mr. Bergoglio, you know, in the Pope's uniform, and you see him 
in the papal palace, not unreasonably, you assume, the way I did, that, oh, okay, this guy is the legitimate pope. He is not. The reason um, the Vatican II Council, and once again, you guys are going to have to do your own research, the Vatican II Council broke with Catholic tradition. And when you break with Catholic tradition, you are at best a heretic, at worst an apostate. And before my Lord helped me to smarten up, when I used to try to tell Vatican II sect members, hey, you know, Vatican II is a heretical council, and they would argue with me, I would say, can Catholic truth contradict itself? And generally, you know, generally I don't think it, it helped anyone out because most people are indifferent. They don't care. You know, to actually do work, to actually have to stand for something is more than they, they want to put forward. Um, but... And by the way, if you're new, I talk throughout both of my podcast platforms. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, read the podcast um, description. I give all my social media on there. Anyhow, um, uh, I was in the Vatican II sect for 10 years. I, I'd been a Protestant before then, briefly, for around four years. I was a Protestant. So I realized, you know, to me, serving God out of truth was not just a, a desire of my own heart. It was also a duty I felt I had toward him as my God. But when I was in the Vatican II sect, that here, here um, I'm hoping I'm going to make clear why I did my little ramble for five minutes. When I was in the Vatican II sect, I would always stumble across articles saying that, well, um, men men don't like you know the spiritual life. You got to remember. Um, the people of the Vatican II sect, they're heretical, just not um, purposely heretical. But they were saying, well, the men don't, don't like the spiritual life because they consider it effeminate. Somehow it's effeminate to pray the rosary. Somehow it's effeminate to sacrifice and mortify themselves. Um... Somehow it's all manly to, you know, um, to, to be a member of the armed forces of the Masonic government that runs America. And um, it's more manly to, um, 
you know, go out and do manly things is the best way I can put it. And obviously, since society is not um, objective, it's subjective. It depends on whoever you, you know, whoever you're talking to, their conception of manhood is going to be different. And um, just bluntly speaking, I never had to look. I never had to look to other men. I mean, once I got past a certain age, I didn't, I didn't have to look to other men to figure out what a real man was. And furthermore, being an exer of a certain age, um, we were always taught, or at least the people that I grew up with were always taught, don't worry about what other people think. Just do what you got to do. And if you're wrong, take the consequences, but do what you got to do. And around the time that um, I was reading all these stupid articles, the millennials were starting to come of age. You know, and a few years later, the Zoomers. And once again, you know, the culture and society that should have been helping them out was actually hindering them. And those that were not spiritual got misled. They either became atheists or they just basically became material atheists. What I mean by that is, uh, when a Catholic says materially, they just mean um, you're either unaware that you're an atheist or um, for all intents and purposes, you might as well, you know, you claim to be a Catholic, but you might as well be an atheist. Now, The reason I'm getting into this is, and this is why I'm making this the first episode of Mento Mori. When Mento Mori back in the Middle Ages was a concept, because society and culture were integrated with the Catholic Church, there was an objective reality in those times and now people being people and God gives us free will did everyone live that way obviously not you know there were there were uh, robbers and prostitutes drunkards um cheats embezzlers murderers rapists they had their share of in, uh, of issues, 
And back in a more polluted time in my spiritual life, and by the way, I'm going to be doing an episode on this subject next, but a lot of the younger Zoomers and uh, Millennials romanticize the Middle Ages or they'll romanticize the Victorian era. Um, romanticizing anything is a bad idea, but like I said, I'll cover that in another episode. But um, once the Protestant revolt had started, as I've said in previous episodes, it unmoored God from society and culture. And whereas for all its, for all its uh, issues, um, the Middle Ages was probably the best realization of a Christian society and culture. And when I say Christian, I'm talking from a Catholic viewpoint that had existed. And once the Protestant revolt happened, it was gone. Now, I'm not a prophet, so I can't tell you if we'll ever get that back or if the end is coming. But for right now, our safest assumption should be, unless we're proven wrong, is that we're not going to regain the high Middle Ages or the Renaissance. We're just not. And but I know it seems like I'm straying from my original topic. When I go off on these, for those of you who are new, when I go off on these what seem to be tangents, I always bring it back around to the main topic. So the main topic is, is that society and culture has trained the indifferent, the ignorant, and honestly, the hostile males of society that somehow praying to God and his blessed mother is somehow a girly thing. Now, when I talk about ignorance, I'm talking both spiritually, theologically, and historical ignorance. Some of the most, these, these Vatican II sect members at that time I suspect it may be kind of an issue with a certain segment of set of accountants, males, is that, oh, it's, that's a girly thing. And it's ignorance historically because if they read the history of the saints, these guys were do they would consider Jocko Willink. For those of you who don't know who Jocko Willink is, Jocko Willink is a former Navy SEAL who at least fought in Iraq. I'm not sure if he was in Afghanistan. He's considered the toughest, the toughest guy in the United States because of his experiences. But the mortifications, and when I say mortifications, I'm talking about eating 
an amount of food once a day that wouldn't satisfy a small child. Giving up meat and dairy and only eating vegetables. Jumping into icy lakes in the middle of January. Um, some, some, um, pious and devout people from the Middle Ages even scourged themselves. But what I'm trying to say is, is the males of the Middle Ages, and because we lack historical context, we, it never occurs to us, make Jocko Willink look like a six-year-old boy who's just kind of big for his age. Um, and this is not a slam on Jocko Willink. This is a slam that somehow you have to be like Jocko Willink or a reasonable facsimile of him to be a man in today's society. That's ridiculous. It also shows a lack of insecurity, too. Now, to make this story a little more personal, when I was a teenager, and by the way, for you newer types, listening to my previous episodes might help give you some context in this. Um, but listen, um, but growing up, I had a, a handful of male role models. And the most important role model that I had was a man who was a counselor in a children's home I was at. He was the captain in the Marine Corps during the Vietnam War. Because you got to remember, I'm an older exer. So there were still a lot of the Vietnam vets still alive. And he was a helicopter pilot. And he, they, they used, um, he used to fly his helicopter to pick up the wounded. And sometimes in the U.S. military, they have to make what is known as a hot landing. What a hot landing is, is that the enemy, you're, you're, you're going to pick up the wounded under enemy fire. Now, in addition to doing that, or I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. So on one mission, what got him out of the Marine Corps, because my understanding is, and we're talking 40 years ago, was that he was going to, you know, he, he wanted to stay in the Marines. What got him out of the Marines was one day when he was making a hot landing, he took 250 cal bullets to the leg. Um, for those of you who may not know, a 50 caliber shell, the, the point, the, the lead part of the bullet is almost five inches long, between four and five inches long. The shell itself is almost 
like 10 inches. And he took two of those to the leg. And they thought he was going to lose the leg. And they wanted to amputate. And he's like, nah, I ain't doing that. And he, you know, he went through rehab, a very painful rehab. And he saved the leg. Now, at the time, I, I admired the heck out of the man, but for the wrong reasons. Um, I, I hero worship vets. And I didn't realize, honestly, till recently, what a exceptional human being this man was because not only did he get wounded seriously, gravely, and re you know went through the rehab, the tough of you know anybody who suffered a serious leg or arm injury or back for that matter injury knows that rehab is one of the most physically painful things you ever have to go through. He went through that, and in addition to that. He got a job at a children's home so that knuckleheads like me may, you know, if we were willing to, not turn out to be the real-life knuckleheads, you know. Um, even back in the 70s, um, children's homes were kind of a uh, pipeline to the prison system. I knew some people that were in the children's homes that were bouncing back and forth between the juvenile detention centers and the children's home. But that's not what this is about. He was the one. He took time. The rest of the staff, they were well-intentioned. And I think a lot of this had to do with me. They were well-intentioned. But they didn't even try to talk to me. Probably because they thought I was a knucklehead. He was the one who taught me everything that I talk about in this podcast. Or most of it. Credibility. Um, your credibility is everything. And for those of you who don't know about credibility, I've done episodes on credibility. Go look it up. But I, when, when, when I got out of, you know, when, when I came of age and joined the military, um, a lot of people, because of the way I am, they tend to misunderestimate me. And I've been misunderestimated, or underestimated, I'm sorry, underestimated most of my life. So, when I joined the Army out of high school, I had been preparing myself. And I knew that if I graduated from basic, I was good. And a lot of people who doubted me ended up swallowing their words when I graduated. But I, I did have a confidence, or still do, actually, 
just now my confidence is in God and his blessed mother and not on myself. But I never looked, once I became 18, I never looked for other human beings, you know, other males, for role models, for role models. And a lot of people, you know, because people are people, a lot of, of males do. Now, what does this have to do with the spiritual life being somehow effeminate or the, the thing going around in today's culture and society, and it's been this way for a while, you know. I, I suspect it was that way long before uh, the internet actually became a thing. But the internet... Um, it's a good propaganda tool for the, uh, the satanic, uh, masons that run the world. It's an excellent propaganda tool. It's very simple. Being a man is not... One of the concepts or one of my principles of manhood, and I'm talking a real man. First of all, real men are, are true Catholics. Secondly, um, a real man or part of being a real man is having power and not using the power against your enemies. And as I never get tired of pointing out, if you're a true Catholic, you should be using Jesus Christ as your role model. Not Jocko Willink, not whatever based in red pill priest or bishop you might have. Jesus Christ himself should be your role model. And I've talked about on several episodes of both my podcasts where when, for those of you who are biblically illiterate, I believe it's in the book of John, when, when Jesus is brought before the Roman governor named Pilate, um, you know, Pilate's trying to interrogate him and Jesus is just like, quiet. And Pilate got, gets annoyed and tells him, don't you know I have the power of life or death over, over you? Why won't you answer me? Now, you got to remember, Pilate, out of his ignorance, did not really know who he was dealing with. He thought that Jesus was who the Pharisees and Sadducees said he was, which was a uh, Nazarene rabble-rouser. Now, Pilate, being a, a politician of a sort, knew that the Pharisees and the high priests um, brought were charging him before Jesus because he was um, a thorn in their side, and they decided you know, out of their own hubris that, while well, this guy's a thorn in our side, let's get him killed. 
They didn't have the power, though, to legally do it, so they trumped up charges and brought him before Pilate. Pilate already knew. But you got to remember, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, oh, no, no. Okay, so when they, um, they had a show trial in the Sanhedrin, where they put Jesus, or they sentenced Jesus to death, not to take a carry it out. And then they drag him before Pilate on these false charges. Jesus at any time, because he is God, could have called down legions of angels. He could have, he could have uh, sent the word to his disciples Revolt. Fight these guys. These, these, these guys are going to kill me. He didn't. He's God. He allowed himself to be crucified, even though he had the power to level Jerusalem to the ground like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. And a lot of modern males get it twisted because it's all about me, 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 and think, well, um, my intelligence, my strength, my shooting abilities, um, my knowledge will, will help me, you know, get out of a situation. And they may warm a pew on Sunday or whenever it is they have mass, or they may, um, you know, mouth the words to how much they love Jesus but in reality, if you're not giving God the credit for everything that you have and everything that you are and everything you will ever be, you can pray till the cows come home. As long as you have the mindset that it's all about you, you ain't going nowhere. I mean... I just wouldn't want to be in your shoes on, on your judgment, your personal judgment, which we all must go through. Just a quick aside. I'm not, you know, I've been accused of presumption. And I do realize because of my confidence, I come across as presumptuous and arrogant that somehow or another that when I die, not if, when, that somehow or another I'm getting into heaven. If you're under that very mistaken idea, you need to squash it right now. Now, I use personal examples in my episodes to try to make a, a, um, make a secular point. But I don't talk about what I do spiritually because that's between me and God and it's nobody's business but part of the mento more or momento mori concept is is that because we don't know when we're going to die 
we try to get right with God as best as we can with what we've been given before that moment happens. Anyhow, so a lot of modern guys, they, they, they totally, totally misunderstand the whole concept of what, number one, a real man is, and number two, the historical context of the saints. Now, there's an opposite reaction in this in the sense that some guys who lack confidence, and by the way, your confidence shouldn't be in yourself anyway. Your confidence should be in our Lord and his blessed mother, but I've already said that. Anyhow, but they lack confidence and they do, they, they, they read the story, the stories of the, the male saints like St. John Capistrano, St. Louis de Montfort, um, St. Augustine. And they're like, man, the guy was in prayer for like 12 hours at a time. I can't do this. Being a good Catholic, I mean, we're to try to follow the examples of the saints, but the saints are very special people. And they were put here for a purpose to model what we're to aim after. But If you're the type of person that you read the stories of the saints and the doctors of the church and you're thinking to yourself, I can't do this. And by the way, I'm guilty of it myself. I've said it on other episodes. I have been guilty of that myself. My advice is, take it for what it's worth, don't worry about yourself confidence, don't worry about your conception of what you can do or not do. Worry about instead um, turning it over to our Lord, his blessed mother and the saints. But you have to make an effort. Once again, this is not quietism. We don't sit on our doves and say, well, you know, when such and such happens, the Lord will make it happen and I could just keep living my life the way I want to. That That is not a, a truly Catholic attitude. And <clears throat> now to go to the opposite of manhood and why... Uh, when I was in the Vatican II sect, I basically separated myself in around 2016. Another thing that was always said, well, women are more spiritual. Women are, you know, women being women, they're more spiritual. And that made me laugh. It literally made me laugh because God, remember, I'm a member of the Vatican II sect, but I'm trying to be a true Catholic because I'm, as far as I knew, this was a real Catholic church. And I'm thinking to myself, women are more spiritual. And the women, at least in my parish, were dressing like amateur hookers. Some of the women that I saw on Twitter 
were every bit as prideful, arrogant, and um, presumptuous as their male counterparts. And that brings me, I guess, to the foundation of this episode, which is stereotypes, especially stereotypes that are perpetrated by the internet and on social media in particular, you should ignore those. And to hammer home the point, I'm going to repeat again what I said earlier. The internet is not only run by the Masonic Satanist sock puppets that run this world, I truly believe that it was introduced to the public at large after they had already decided, they they had a plan and they wanted to see where it was going to go. And that's why I encourage people, stay off the internet if you can possibly help it. Unfortunately, at present moment, That's kind of tough to do. I'm doing the best that I can to do that. But even even when I'm doing the best I can, um, even when I'm doing the best I can, I can't help but get bombarded with Stuff that I wish I'd never seen or listened to, honestly. Now, for the 300 IQ set out there who is a, well, you have a podcast. You, you, you have two social media platforms that you post it. Yes, this is true. Necessity is necessity and sometimes you got to deal with the things the way they are and not as you want them to be. Since the internet is a very large pond, I, I attempt to reach people wherever I can find them. And it is a fond hope and prayer of mine that in whatever way possible that using the satanic Masonic overlords own propaganda tool against them somehow and that there may be some fruit out of that I'm going to be honest it makes me happier than a pig eating its swill it really does I mean if it's the Lord's will, obviously. Because this isn't about me. This is about our Lord and his blessed mother. Um, So, and thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. That's one other thing I want to get to. Part of traditional Catholic uh, Catholic teachings, and I'm, you know, even though the Vatican II does, because I was taught this, 
um, doesn't necessarily negate the truth in this. But it was taught prior to Vatican II. Back before there was an internet, stuff like movies, TVs, and newspapers and magazines, those things in and of themselves are neutral. They can either be used for good or for evil. Now, in the case of the actual Masons or their allies, their unwitting allies, they were used for evil. But the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church used them for good. And I think a lot of people, or let's just say a certain segment of people, they get it twisted. And they sing, they they say things like, um, oh, the internet's a cesspit, we should just leave it all together. Number one, if you take that attitude, you're really missing a very large evangelization tool. But number two, you're putting the focus, you're, you're, you're limiting your focus. Because if you're truly trying to live your faith, then you should understand that a thing is neutral in and of itself. Twitter, ostensibly, should be neutral. However, because it's social media and a lot of the set of accountists, not all, but a lot of them who inhabit, you know, Facebook and Twitter have the wrong spiritual mindset to begin with, they unwittingly use it for evil. And honestly speaking, and I've said this in an earlier episode, because vanity, presumption, and laziness are three of the most major sins of modern-day society and culture, I would say social media platforms like um, Twitter and Facebook are specifically designed designed to take a person who otherwise may be pious and devout and bring out the worst in them. I believe that that's what their purpose is. The, what I call normies, oh, and by the way, YouTube too, um, they don't, the, the, the satanic masons, they don't really need to mess with those people, although they are. They are in their own way. What, what they want to do is corrupt the people who would otherwise be their enemies. Which, once again, goes back to being careful um, with, your, you know, with social media in general. And honestly, it just doesn't go just to social media. It goes for your life in general. Which, once again, brings us back to the concept of mental mori. Um, if we are living our lives, like today may be our last day on earth, before our judgment, then part of that concept is, in our day-to-day existence, outside the internet, we, we are to set the example. 
And we are, we are to pray to be the example. Honestly, sincerely, and contritely. So, I think this is a good place to stop. I thank you all for listening. I hope and pray that this is edifying in whatever way it is. It's edifying to somebody. And I hope and pray that God and his blessed mother are working through me. But like anything else, my um, another concept of mental mori is our biggest struggle is not against our neighbors or our actual enemies. Our biggest struggle is against ourselves. Because to turn our will over to our Lord Jesus Christ is tougher than anything. And that includes actual physical combat. And once again, going back to manhood, to put our will aside completely and to become who our Lord and his blessed mother want us to be will be the toughest thing you've ever done in your life if you have this correct spiritual mindset. Anyhow, thank you for listening. I do appreciate your time and your patience. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But we have to take the initiative and take the first step. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.